Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back. Here's a look at your Tuesday footy fix. Champions League action will see Dortmund taking on Newcastle at 12.45 p.m. on Paramount+. Plus. We also have Milan versus PSG. Manchester City hosting Young Boys and Shakhtar Donetsk taking on Barcelona. Again, all of these matches on Paramount+. Plus. And then tonight we have some MLS Cup playoff action to look forward to. Atlanta United hosting Columbus at 7 p.m. And Nashville will take on Orlando at 9 p.m. Those matches on Apple TV+. Plus. Let's send it on over to Michelle for some more headlines. Take it away, Michelle. All right. Thanks, Suzanne. In English Premier League news, let's start there. Newcastle's injury woes continue to build ahead of their big Champions League group clash with Borussia Dortmund today. Defender Dan Byrne is the latest Newcastle player to be lost for an extended time, suffering a back injury that could sideline him for up to three months if this happens. Uh, Byrne was subbed off at halftime of their 1-0 win over Arsenal on Saturday after he landed on his spine. Byrne joins defender Matt Target and winger Jacob Murphy. Among the players Newcastle is missing due to injury with midfielder Sandro Tonali also suspended for the season. Newcastle isn't the only Premier League team facing a rash of injuries. Tottenham saw midfielder James Madison and defender Mickey Van Deven suffer injuries during Monday's 4-1 loss to Chelsea. The extent of their injuries is still unknown, but Madison suffered an ankle injury and Van Deven suffered a hamstring injury. Tottenham are also set to be without Brazilian striker Will Charlson, who revealed on Monday that he will undergo pelvis surgery, which which is part of the reason why he was left off of Brazil's squad for their November World Cup qualifiers. One player, though, who did make Brazil's team for their high-profile qualifiers against Colombia and Argentina is 17-year-old sensation Endrick, who headlines the squad joined by, uh, chosen by Fernando Diniz. The Real Madrid-bound teenager is in top form for Brazilian side Palmeiras with three goals in his past two matches, giving him 11 goals in 47 matches. The Brazil squad also features Vinny Jr., Rafinha, and Gabriel Jesus. Brazil visits Colombia on November 16th before hosting Argentina on November 21st. And the NWSL season wraps up with one final on Saturday, and the league has unveiled its selections for the NWSL Best 11, which featured a deep contingent of U.S. Women's National Team standouts. Sophia Smith, Naomi Gurma, and Allie Krieger headlining the squad, while teenager Jaden Shaw and Sam Coffey were first-time selections as well. Alex Morgan and Trinity Rodman were among the players to be named on the NWSL Best 11 second team. And in MLS news, the Portland Timbers have hired Phil Neville as their head coach, an appointment that has not gone over well with the team's supporters. Portland's largest supporters group, the Timbers Army, issued a statement via social media voicing their disappointment with Neville's hire, referencing sexist social media posts attributed to the English manager and asking the Timbers to reconsider the appointment. Neville went 31-41-11 during his two-and-a-half seasons as Inter-Miami head coach, and he was fired by Miami in June with the team in last place. Portland fired longtime coach Gio Savarese in August, so Charlie 
Phil Neville had a pretty terrible stint with Inter-Miami. Would you have imagined that he would have been hired by another MLS team? Oh, put it, put it in it lightly. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I just threw it out uh, there. I like also, Canada show. soccer. Right? <laughs> After they brought him in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it, it didn't go well. Mush. You know, it didn't go well. If you're the Portland Timbers... You, you have to be, if you're a supporter of the Portland Timbers, you have to be super disappointed oh, with this. Yeah. Because there, there wasn't any, for me, there, were, there was nothing positive from Phil Neville's stint in Inter Miami that would give me some hope or, or inspiration or think that he could take this, this organization to another level, considering that they were MLS Cup cha- champions before. This... This is one of those hires where you're like, what? Comes out, out of, of nowhere. All, out, out of all the candidates out there. Think about this how is beloved where you go? Gio Savarese was. Not just by the players, but by the community. The, hey, this is a complete switch, enough where the Timbers Army has to release a statement where they say they're deeply, they're deeply saddened. Yeah, can, can and you stop with, and the con- urging. with the contract when yeah, it's and they're like, signed? They're urging them to reconsider. <laughs> I mean, this is never really put it out watch. there that he's, he's coming to, to Portland. There's one thing that I like about Phil Neville's time in Inter-Miami, and that's how he handled Gonzalo Higuain. Gonzalo Higuain Mm -hmm. wasn't playing well. He's the big DP. He sat him. He Mm -hmm. benched him. And and then he got Gonzalo Higuain from going, doing this all the time and not really playing and not giving everything he could to being a a team player and working. And then he he came alive and started scoring. And he finished his career uh, on the upward trajectory instead of kind of just being there and, and, you know, laid, laid to waste. Is so, that enough to hire him? No. But that's, like, that's like anecdotal. <laughs> that's that's one person that you got to, to buy into the team who, who wasn't playing to his, his full potential and given that he really was the only thing going. Um, the, I, other than that, he didn't get the most out of his, his, ta- his youth. He, he didn't have a, a, an attractive style. At times, it looked like they had given up. So how can you, being Portland, having such a, a great culture around the team and the city, you go to Portland, Portland Timbers stuff everywhere. Everyone talks about the team. Everyone's bought in. Yeah. And this is the hire that you make? Not no. even a but young manager also- upcoming with, with a lot of potential. The expectations are so high with this club. To your point, Charlie, I mean, they this Portland loves the Portland Timbers. It is a, a soccer town. If you have ever been to a match at Providence Park, it is one of the amazing. Oh, amazing. It's the one town of, it's, is green. It's arguably the best atmosphere in in Major League Soccer. And unfortunately for this club, they've had a lot of success. Again, they were in an MLS Cup final in in mm-hmm. 2021. They lost it in penalty kicks NYCFC. to to NYCFC. They won with Caleb Porter. They won with Caleb Porter in a very unlikely run uh, towards the end of this season. Uh, but there's been some issues in. It, Serious, serious issues with the front office. And if you know anything about the Portland Timbers, it's that their fans are passionate, especially Mm -hmm. when it comes to matters of just social injustice. And I think that there there are two reasons that fans are upset. Number one is that Phil Neville, I think as a coach, they don't feel is proven enough. enough. He's not good enough. Yeah, he hasn't hasn't earned the right to be the the coach of this team. But also, when you're a club that has dealt with some of the – the issues that they have in terms of just, you know, the the treatment of of women and some of the 
Portland Thorns. The, yes, exactly. Um, there, there are some serious questions, and, and that's where the anger is coming from, from Very a lot so. of these supporters, which I think is important to, to point right. out. You have every right exactly. to be upset with this hot And, yes. and Phil Neville way. had a... They're starting to pull out old old tweets of things that he has said that weren't terribly savory. So I, this is where this is all all coming from. I just think for Phil Neville, this is. I don't know if he knows what he's walking into. I, I guarantee you, he doesn't. Because it is a tough, tough, tough place to uh, I don't know, ingratiate yourself into that fan base. Even as a, a, a new employee at Major League Soccer, I remember my first time I had to do a piece with the Timbers Army. And they were looking, because I worked for the league, and they, they didn't even want to let me in to the supporters section, because I worked for the league. And then, you know, I mm. kind of, I niced my way in, and, and then it was it fine, and now I've got a great relationship with the Denver's Army, but you have to kind of fight for them to be like, okay, you're, yeah, you can be, you're, you can be one of us. It's just a, it's a tough environment, I, and I they're so passionate about this club. I just don't think he knows that this isn't in Miami, in terms of, Recruiting, you're not yeah. going to get a Messi. You're not going to get a Jordi Alba. Yeah. He had a Joseph Martinez. He had a Gonzalo Injured. Higuain. That's true. And there was there was no real excitement around mm -hmm. around the club in the league. It was almost like, oh, mm -hmm. this is a team that is not together. There's no cohesion. There's yeah. no real tactical flexibility. What a chance for the ownership group to try to win back this fan base. Mm -hmm. I know. And what a swing and a miss. I was I was. Very shocked at, at this announcement. It's, it's interesting. Absolutely it's an interesting shocked. one. It will be interesting to see how it all plays out. Um, all right, we're going to take a break. Guys, we have a big announcement Ooh. coming up next. We, we love we an announcement here on the Galazzo Network. Don't go anywhere. a very bright shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. The 2023 USL Championship Eastern Conference Final. Terrell Rodriguez gets it over the top. It's magnificent. Augie Williams stinks the drinks. Charleston continues its magical run. The Western Conference Final. Gallardo. It's the follow-up is there. And Phoenix have tied. Quayshall may go for goal. It's in. And Phoenix Rising are headed back to the USL Championship Cup Finale. Well, the USL Championship season all comes down to this Sunday night. The Phoenix Rising looking to claim their very first league title as they visit the Charleston Battery, who last won their title in 2012. Kickoff is 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2. And uh, with that, we have some big news here on the Galazzo Network. We are absolutely thrilled to announce that we will be the new home of USL for the next Years. CBS Sports has signed a deal that will run through the 2027-28 season. A hundred matches will be shown. Seventy-five of those matches are going to be shown right here on the Galazzo Network. Uh, this is big news, you guys. This is going to be the first time USL will appear 
on network television. Wow. How about that? Hey, big How time. How about that? Let's we, go. Um, we are big, big fans of USL. We talk about this league a lot on this show. And uh, specifically, we loved following a lot of those teams in the U.S. Open Cup, um, which is a a competition that is so near and dear to, to our hearts, but also we make a big deal about the kits. Oh, the we kids talk are big. Can we talk, I mean, the kits are always like the some of the best in soccer, right? Top this of is, the game. This is a, a Birmingham Legion kit. Jay Heaps sent these to us, by yeah. the way. Yes. Shout out to Jay Heaps. Shout out to Orla uh, Orange, County. <laughs> Orange County. Orange County. Orange County. County. Oakland Roots, uh, Vermont, Vermont Green. Uh -huh. I mean, yeah. they always bring it. Uh, so Miami yeah. FC, USL, they, they they do it right. They sure do. They do we, right. Plus, a lot of their goals end up in our golazos. We've talked about them a lot. It's going to be exciting uh, and a great way to support, you know, the development of, of further youth product. A hundred percent. And I feel like they're very honestly. They're, they're, they have an identity, and they're proud of their identity, and they're proud of where they stand within the American soccer community and how important they are for what you're saying, the development and, mm -hmm. and kind of keeping that competition and creating these beautiful storylines in all of these mm -hmm. markets. I challenge you now. You've probably been, you, you've probably been to every MLS market. Uh yeah, I think so. I, yeah. And now we got to send you to every USL oh, market. Wow. Let's go. Heck yeah. Talk about frequent flyer market. I'm ready. I'll I'm sign ready. up for that trip right there. It's Tampa Bay Rapids. Birmingham, Tampa Bay. Yeah. Let's go. Vermont. Ooh. Yeah. Madison, hey. Wisconsin. Get back to the Midwest. Oh, let's go. I'm Detroit. Ready. Detroit I'm ready. City. I just remember as a kid, sometimes you just don't have the finances to afford some of these MLS ticket prices, right? Mm -hmm. Or you're not close enough to a stadium. There's no way to get to a stadium. I was in Manchester, New Hampshire, and going to Foxborough, that was, you know, far and few between. I maybe had like three, four in my lifetime as a, as a kid to go, which, which I absolutely loved to be able to watch an MLS game. But I remember watching New Hampshire Phantoms. That was like the, the, the team equivalent to USL. And... It was just all the kids would get to go. Mm -hmm. It was so accessible, and you're watching professionals play. Yeah. And so I remember that giving me hope and a dream that I was I was close enough to be able to reach that dream someday. My uh, fiance was part of that Charleston Battery team. That one, 2012. Wow. Thank you very uh -huh. much. So, okay. Yeah, was he there in 2011? Yeah. Little flag. I played against him in that. There you go. Preseason, okay. There you what? go. Look yeah. at that. Mm -hmm. Just saying. Hi, um, Ian. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It, honestly, it, it, this makes me so happy. Again, 100 matches, 75 of those matches are going to be right here on the Galazzo Network. Um, we are super hyped about it. So we also have another announcement that we're able to unveil. We're just, we're just going all in. We are super proud to announce the USL Championship All-League First Team. Here are the players that have made the cup. Um, this is a, a really exciting time for these guys and we are super excited because we now get to welcome in one of these players, Charlie Dennis, midfielder for the Tampa Bay Rowdies is joining us right here on Morning Footy and we are thrilled to welcome him in. Oh wow. Right now, hello, Charlie, good morning. What's up Chuck? <laughs> Morning. How you guys doing? Thanks for having me. Um, we are thrilled. Hey, congratulations on making the, the All-League first team. How does that feel? Yeah, it feels great. Um, our media guy called me yesterday and told me about it, so I was extremely pleased. 
Um, what do you think about this this new deal that we're going to be showing USL games on uh, CBS Sports Network, Galazzo Network? Um, feels we're we're pumped about it. How about you? Yeah, that's incredible. I didn't even know about it and until you just announced it. Um, the league's continuing to grow, and I think that's amazing for for football in America. And, and how would you talk about your season? Um, obviously, it's an incredible honor to be in the team of the year, but how, how have you seen you de your, yourself develop and, and grow within the Tampa Bay Rowdies? Yeah, the, uh, it's been a roller coaster, really. Uh, Neil Collins brought me in. I'm extremely grateful for that. Um, it was a little bit of a rough start. I found myself on the bench for four games in a row, and I thought, oh, not sure how the season's going to go, but then... He put me at the number 10 and, and things started picking up. I started scoring goals, getting assists. Um, I think we had the joint most goals in the Eastern Conference this year. Um, yeah, so proud of that and, and the team. Um, we nearly won it on the last day of the league. We un unfortunately came second, but um, yeah, the team can be proud of, of what we've done this year. Char uh, Charlie, we hear the accent. Uh, we know, obviously, you're from England. We know you're oh, from. Oh, he's Brighton. from England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a country that, uh, yeah, it exists. We'll go over it. But we hear the accent. How difficult has it been to get over the weather? Playing in the weather in Tampa Bay is it new for you? Does this feel different a little bit? Well, the seasons are really switched because in England you look forward to the summer, but when you're in Florida you don't look forward to the summer because it's so brutally hot. And and when you play the games and it's like. 90, 100 degrees at night is, is pretty tough. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is. It wears you down a lot quicker. Uh, Joe Cole, friend of the show, uh, played for the Tampa Bay Rowdies. And have you had a chance to have a conversation with him and, and get, a, get a, 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 a chance to hear what he had to do in terms of adjusting to the, the, the town, the city, the, the, you know, the humidity? <laughs> yeah, so I grew up watching Joe Cole. Um, I haven't met him yet. I would love to. Um, I know some of the players that have already been here from previous years know him. Um, I think he's been up in the stands a few games, but I've never got to meet him personally. I'd love to. Um, maybe one day, day he'll come into training and kick around because that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> hey, you were impressing him, so that's good. Charlie, what's it like when you go back to England or you talk to some friends and kind of explain to them your football situation? How do you sell USL to your friends back home? Yeah, um, that's a tough one because I've had so so, much, so many things happen along my journey. Um, so they kind of follow me on social media. I guess that's the best way for them to follow along, um, see how I'm doing. But when I go home, I just try and be present in the moment. I don't talk too much about what I've been up to. Um, just try and make the most of the time I have when I'm back home in England, seeing friends and family and stuff like that. Charlie, it seems to me that you, you've had some, some uh, battles with adversity throughout your career. Uh, you signed with Nashville but had an injury. Can you talk about some of those hurdles that you had to overcome? Yeah, so obviously um, I went through the college system here, started when I was 18, transferred one school um, to go to a better school in hopes of going pro. Um, after three and a half years, I finally signed pro. Um, for Nashville when they were first becoming a franchise. And then before I even got one training session on the invite trial, um, I tore a ligament in my knee, but I didn't realize, and I was training through it. And then when I went to the um, medicals to start, they said I needed knee surgery, so yeah. Oh, man. Tough. 
I was out for the whole year, um, no degree, no pro contract, um, and then sort of, yeah, out of a visa as well. So I had to reevaluate the situation, but I didn't give up, kept pushing, and uh, yeah. Charlie, talk a little bit about just sort of the difference. Obviously, you, you grew up in England. You probably understand the, the way the structure works there as far as the football um, you know, structure, and especially at the lower, lower divisions and working your way up. But compare it to what you're doing here in America coming out of college. Yeah, I was, I was lucky enough to be in Southampton's academy till I was 15. Um, and then I got released. And then when I was a couple of years later, um, I saw that the, um, the route to go to college in America would be an option. So I explored that and, and really just went for it. Um, yeah, and, and try to work my way up through the college system here. Charlie, on a separate note, um, we did some research. We found that you're a Chelsea fan, correct? Yeah, so when I, w I was younger, I was a Chelsea fan, but I'm not too much of a diehard fan anymore. <laughs> really? So you, you, don't, you, don't have any, you don't have any team? <laughs> I, I follow Southampton because I had teammates when I was younger that, that pushed through and done well. So I just, whoever I played with over the years, I like to follow the teams that they do. But I wouldn't say I have one specific team anymore. A true professional. Mm -hmm. Wow. A true professional. Yeah. Well, Charlie, everything seems to be going so well for you right now. And we also found out that you are recently engaged. Is that correct? Yeah, that did happen. Oh, um, is she American? She She's American Cuban, yeah. She's from West Palm Beach where I went to college. Oh, um, my goodness. Okay, so, yeah, tell us, tell us about the proposal. How'd you do it? Yeah, so I had one of my teammates' um, wife is a photographer, and they were nice enough to go and organize it on the beach. Um, so we went down here in St. Petersburg and surprised her on the beach, and it was it was pretty special. Um, there was actually dolphins that came out of the Stop water. Stop it! Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. You scheduled it. dolphins? <laughs> That's incredible. You should see the hourly rate for them. Yeah. Let me tell you, I'm Cuban-American as well, so if you need any advice, feel free to ask. But, uh, you know, I'll send it in messages that disappear so I don't get in trouble, okay? Yeah, that works. Oh, man. Uh, well, Charlie, uh, we've got the, the final this weekend with um, the Charleston Battery and, and Phoenix Rising. You used to play... For Charleston, how, what, what are you going to be like watching this and your, your former team? What are some of the feelings that you're going to have watching this final? Yeah, so Wangera was actually my coach last year um, at Oakland, and, and he believed in me and brought me into Oakland. Um, he was there half the season, so I've been following along. Um, also, the fitness coach there at Phoenix. Uh, he's a good friend of mine, and I still have teammates on that team. Um, so, yeah, I've been staying up till 10 o'clock here on the East to uh, watch these uh, playoff games because they're, they're, they've been interesting. It's, it's, if you guys have watched, it's some good football. Entertaining. And now you're going to be able to watch it uh, right here on the on CBS Sports yeah. Network of, of channels. We're, we're absolutely thrilled. We're going to be seeing a lot of you here on the Galazzo Network, Charlie. Yeah, amazing. I, I'm, I'm really pleased that the league got the deal um, with you guys, I think. That'll bring more exposure to the league and, and help hopefully help players push on and, and um, really recognize their potential that they have because there's a lot of talent in this league. Charlie, I noticed your hair. Is is Jack Grealish an inspiration? Is that, I'm seeing <laughs> Grealish vibes. Hopefully not off the pitch. <laughs> 
Yeah, I had to get up extra early to do my hair. Um, <laughs> hey, it's looking good. Oh, no. looking good. Looking good. I do. I do wear a headband during the games, and a lot of the fans, the young kids, they do shout Grealish at me, <laughs> <laughs> along with a few other words. I was going to say really. there are worse things to yeah, be called. Yeah, it is Tampa. <laughs> um, well, Charlie, congrats on on all the success. Uh, we are absolutely thrilled for you, and thank you so much for taking the time to to join us today. We really appreciate it. Yeah, likewise. It was great chatting to you guys. Thank you. All right, guys, we are going to take a break. We are checking in on some Americans abroad and their performances over the weekend. That's coming up after a quick timeout. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back. Time to check in on some Americans abroad. It was a big weekend for uh, Eintracht Frankfurt. Look at this. It's the Aronson, Aronson brother Darby and Travis Kelsey. In the house, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs were in town. They beat the Miami Dolphins in Frankfurt in an NFL match that they played in Germany, which is Did pretty Taylor cool. Taylor Swift cut her hair? Or? Taylor Swift was not oh, there. That wasn't her. Never mind. She was not there. Honestly, that would have won the, the whole weekend. Yeah. I'm, can you imagine Swifties just <laughs> massive Eintracht Taking Frankfurt over fans? Frankfurt there we go. Um, here's a look at how some of the Americans fared over the weekend. As we mentioned, uh, Paxton Aronson, he won the Aronson Derby. Uh, Malik Tillman had a goal. Ricardo Pepe had a goal and an assist. Gianluca Bustio with a goal um, versus Ternana. And Haji Wright had two goals versus Preston. Kevin Paredes, one goal against Werder Bremen. Um, so these are all the good things that happen for Americans abroad. Great weekend yes. for our countrymen. Huge. Not a great weekend for Matt Turner, who no. was benched uh, for Nottingham Forest. Um, and this was on the heels of a, a, a poor performance against Liverpool. Um, yeah, he made a, a, a pretty big error in, in that one. But for, for Nottingham Forest, um, they got the 2-0 win against Aston Villa who had been been cruising and it's just it, it doesn't it doesn't feel good for for Matt Turner that they bench him they get the win they get the shutout and their keeper had a, a really decent performance in this one Charlie what do you what do you make of it what does Matt Turner have to do to kind of get back in the good graces yeah at the moment when you watch Matt Turner it it just feels like he he's nervous he's trying to do too much and you just have to keep it simple. You're at Nottingham Forest. You're not at Manchester City or Arsenal, where it's so important that you come out of the box and you're the sweeper keeper and playing with your feet. What he just needs to do is just focus on being a shot stopper. What, he, what made him so great with the New England Revolution to get that move initially to Arsenal was he came up with the big saves in those big moments, stayed true to his line, and he was consistent and confident. Mm -hmm. When he plays outside of his limits, trying to come out uh, out of the box and, and get on the ball and try and spray it, you just felt that there's, he's unsure of himself. Mm -hmm. And then not only is he unsure of himself, now his teammates are unsure of him. And his positioning in that Liverpool game, the first goal he gives up, he, gives, he parries a rebound. Mm. So it's a tap-in. Then the, the next goal, I feel like he's too close to his near post. He overplays the near post. So... It's an easy cross and a finish. And then the third one, he's so far off his line. He, he, his defender has position on Mohamed Salah, but he's so far off his line that he comes out, now his defender lets it go. Now they're both cut out of the play. He slips, and Mohamed Salah has a tap-in with the keeper, who, Matt Turner's on the ground. That was, I think the culmination of many mistakes throughout yeah. this season. Since he's been in a Nottingham Forest shirt, he's had instances where 
it's a mistake after mistake. Not big ones, yeah. but a lot of little ones. And, and this was the point where Steve Cooper said, I'm making a change. So it was not unforeseen because uh, Osidias Vlahodimos, the Greek national team starting goalkeeper, was at Benfica last season. And Nottingham Forest bought him this season, so there was kind of this question mark of who's going to be number one. And for the goalkeeping position specifically, it feels like, with judging by how it's always been, right, when a manager decides to pull a goalkeeper and put somebody else, it feels like, all right, that's locked up until now the new guy messes up. Yeah. Right? And in in Vlachodimos was waiting for that moment. He was waiting for his opportunity. Mm -hmm. And just getting into the mind of a goalkeeper, it's like, all right, this is my chance. Now I'm not going to let up. Um, and we all were questioning Ethan Horvath. Ethan Horvath isn't making team sheets. Um, it, it, it's Turner and, and, and the Greek goalkeeper. So it's going to be very difficult unless there is another gross error from the Greek goalkeeper, which he was pretty decent at Benfica. Um, it's going to take another and, and big he mistake. Was in this game. For, for, yeah, for Matt Turner to, to find a starting spot again. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, goalkeeping is all about confidence, right? You want your goalkeeper to be confident. Matt Turner hasn't looked confident between the sticks. You bring in, uh, how do you pronounce his name? Vlachudimis? I think it's Vlachodimos. You think? I, yeah, well, I'll I go with that. Yeah, better than what I was going to say. So uh, <laughs> I go with Vlachodimos, right? He's looked confident, but this always happens. A backup goalkeeper, we saw this at Arsenal, a backup goalkeeper comes in, and suddenly it feels fresh. It feels different. And like you said, it's until a mistake comes again that we'll see Matt Turner. For me, I'm looking at how does Matt Turner handle this adversity. Mm -hmm. I think he handled himself really well at he Arsenal, did. not getting major opportunities outside of some of the cup competitions. But he went he, into it knowing. Knowing. That I know, was that is different. Two. But I th he at least carried himself with a certain grace that you would expect to see again. Hopefully, he carries himself that way and works because his way his back Because that's his personality. It is but his personality. He, he, it's this, like, the onus isn't on him. It feels like. He can do everything he can in training, and he's not going to get a starting position. When a manager chooses a goalkeeper, look what's happening at Arsenal. Okay. Arteta wanted David Raya to play, and it feels like there's nothing Ramsdale can really do to break into that starting spot unless David this Raya... This feels a little different, because it feels like Arteta sort of holding on to David Raya. He's dug in his trenches that this is his guy, and he's going to stick with him to, to not get proven incorrect. I don't think that's what's happening with Steve Cooper. I think he, he made a major mistake. Matt Turner made a bad mistake. I, I think all of a sudden the, the manager loses a little bit of faith, brings in this other guy, and until there's an opportunity to bring Matt Turner in, as long as Matt Turner holds himself to a high, to a high standard, shows it in training, he'll get that opportunity so again. So from a, from a U.S. perspective, though, this is concerning, Chuck, because now none of our goalkeepers none of them. are going to be getting regular mm -hmm. minutes. And it, it is concerning. Yeah. Especially, and I get the one mistake, and it's massive against Liverpool. You're already down 2-0. Nottingham Forest was not winning that game. No. Regardless if Matt Turner it, takes that ball down or not. That mistake is not what led to him being benched. It was a number of mistakes, and that being the biggest one that made Steve Cooper go, I need, I need a change. Now, the problem is he went to Nottingham Forest. He left Arsenal to be a number two, slash he was going to be the three, but he was competing in his mind to be the one. Now you're going, you're leaving that situation of Champions League. You're playing it. The vibe is, is incredible in London. To go to Nottingham Forest, to be the one to say, I, I think I should be a one in the Premier League. I'm going to play. Now you're going to Nottingham Forest to be the number two? 
Well, he went to go be number one. He, he but worked no, his way but, into the number two. But I'm saying, two. Right. Going right. To, and, now you're the two. And now yeah. you're the two. Yeah, it's not a great situation. No. And if you're Berhalter, Nations you, League's coming. What do you do? What do you do? Well, you he's got, still going to be the one. But, he but, is, but you got Horvath, who's not even but on the team. But what's his confidence going to be like? What you know? That's those are the the questions that I think are now in the conversation. I think he's going to be very hungry. To, to play with the U.S. men's national team, to get those minutes. If you, if you suddenly see that you're not going to get them mm-hmm. at your club, you're going to be very hungry to perform. And, and he has for the U.S. men's yeah. national team. Um, there, there are several cases of national teams having their main goalkeeper as a backup goalkeeper in the club. I keep on pointing at it. Argentina got to a World Cup final, and their goalkeeper was a perennial backup. Sergio Romero was the number two at almost every club he went for, except for Sampdoria. It has happened before. It's not the best. You want your goalkeeper to be getting routine minutes, week in, week out, mm-hmm. but he's going to be hungry. Mind you, there's no other option. It's like Gaga Slonina is the only guy in there's, Europe there's, on There's no loan. other options, and they're playing Trinidad and Tobago. Trinidad and Tobago in the Nations League, it's, it's not the big test. Six months from now, mm-hmm. or in the, in the summer when you're Copa playing Copa America, America and he, mm-hmm. if he's still the number two, that's, that's big, when we're having yeah, some big, big yeah. questions. That's the concern. Yes. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a break. Um, We are going to preview tonight's MLS Cup playoff action when we return. More chaos, guys. I'm looking forward to it. Stay with us. Welcome back. MLS Cup playoffs roll on. Last night, RSL beat the Houston Dynamo in a PK shootout. They pushed that series to a game three. But tonight, we've got a couple matches to look forward to. Atlanta United hosting the Columbus Crew at 7 p.m., followed up by Nashville SC hosting Orlando at 9. Those matches on Apple TV+. Plus. Let's take a look at that Atlanta-Columbus match. Columbus won the first game 2-0 behind a brace from Cucho Hernandez, who has been... Absolutely outstanding yes. as of late. Since since he entered the league, he has been outstanding. 18 goals, 11 assists, and 28 matches. He has had four games in which he has multiple goals this season. The good news, though, for Atlanta is that they are at home at the Benz, which is loud and crazy and a hard place to win if you are a road team. They will also have Tiago Almada back. Charlie, uh, how do you see this Game two going. Well, they're a completely different team when Tiago Mata is, is on the pitch. I mean, talk about influence. Everything go, flows through him. Set pieces become that much more dangerous. Look for them to be much more aggressive in this game with Tiago Amada. And, and he's the one who's pushing the lines. He gets on the ball. He's constantly trying to play one-twos off the dribble. He's great at creating his own shot. Good distribution. You can see when he's in the, the penalty box... Just very effective. I mean, there's a reason why he's the highest touted player in Major League Soccer and has the biggest price tag. I would be shocked if he's not sold this offseason. Mm-hmm. I would be shocked. Of course. In fact, I think maybe they wait till the summer in terms of typically that's when you get the biggest uh, sales because teams are you know starting fresh. In a lot of cases, they're selling their players. He could move in the summer, but... I could see him moving this January. Mm-hmm. I want to see him. I want to see him show up. I think in the last match against, in the regular season against uh, Columbus Crew, he played. They still didn't play all that well. But this is home. This is a big match. This is the end of your season if you don't perform. So I'm looking for Thiago Amada to at least show me something. Show me that you are that guy that I think we all know is going to get sold for he quite was, a bit of money. He just named the MLS uh, Young Player of the Year yesterday. They announced 
that award. I mean, with as his a, dad, an Argentine, <laughs> which is cool. Yeah, and and it's not only that. Atlanta also have the newcomer of the year in Yakumakis. Yakumakis. And I I feel like when Thiago Almada's on it, everybody else around them gets better. Josetu and also Yakumakis. And they need to have a very strong game. He is the provider. He is the creator. He is the conductor. Mm. Tiago Almada is invaluable to, to this Atlanta United You're seeing it there. 19 assists. That's no joke. 93 chances created as well. Like when you are the, the mastermind behind one of the most prolific teams in Major League Soccer, the second most prolific team in Major League Soccer, it, it says something. Yes. Uh, in this game, though, against Columbus Crew, in the first leg, they were overrunning the midfield. Obviously, Tiago Mata being a big reason for that. But they have to have a better sense of when to close down the Columbus Crew and to win those second balls because the crew were better in midfield, which is what won them the game. And you have Cucho Hernandez, who is just an absolute game changer. Mm. He's, he's a match winner, Cucho Hernandez. And mm. when he's getting service, because the midfield is... is being run, then that's the issue. If Atlanta's making the elementary mistakes that they were making and you're giving the ball to Cucho Hernandez on the other side, that that's done. But mm -hmm. sour cream and done. A Wilford Nancy team is just gonna attack any mistake you make. Oh, yeah. One hundred percent. I feel like we're gonna see some goals in this game. Oh yeah. I, I feel got a hunch. When the Benz got a hunch. There's goals. Got a hunch. Uh, Both teams to score, money line. It, ooh, no. Don't, <laughs> don't do don't it. Don't give me don't get me started. <laughs> do it's not a Zeus. betting segment. Let's do something, <laughs> but not <laughs> don't do it. Zeus. No crash. No, and then it's my own money. Yeah. Absolutely not. Um all right, yeah, that game, seven PM on Apple TV Plus. Let's move it along to the second game of the evening which is Nashville SC hosting Orlando City. Orlando got the 1-0 win in the first game of this series. Um, but this was a, a match where I feel like Nashville was wasteful. They had some opportunities to score in this one, and they just could not find the back of the net, which has sort of been the narrative for this team all season long. And I'm looking specifically at their reliance on Hani Mukhtar, because when Hani Mukhtar scores or when he is involved in a goal, they tend to do well. They tend to get results. He only has one goal contribution in his last six appearances. Charlie, how do they get him going? Well, it's not only really one goal contribution. It's, they have one assist in his last seven, and they have not They have one win in their last seven. This Nashville team is going into the playoffs just stale. Yeah. And, and there's no creativity. And they brought in a DP in Sam Surge. He's been poor. So if you bring in an attacking striker as a DP, you expect a little bit more from him. And the goals haven't been there, but also like the holdup play. And, and I think the relationship with Hani Mukhtar hasn't clicked. Mm. And that's why you're seeing Hani Mukhtar stall a little bit because it, it does feel like he's on an island yeah. when he's playing. They haven't scored in their last two matches. And then you got Orlando, who hasn't lost in the last six. I mean, this, is, this feels it's going to need to be a big hurdle for Nashville to turn around the way they've been playing the last few matches and, and, and get a, you know, a huge win, which would be a huge win for them. I just kind of don't see it happening, though. This um, is their first win, uh, first playoff match in Jodis Park. Well, so The vibes oh, wow. are going to be good. You, you expect the vibes to be at a, at a crazy level. Lit. I will say those Nashville supporters show – up yeah. and that mm -hmm. place gets incredibly loud when when it's packed. So the atmosphere is going to be is going to be insane for this one. 
It'll be good. I don't know. I'm gonna make a cheeky MLS parlay and put actual money on it. You're Do gonna it. you're gonna be gonna give me the stamp of approval. Oh IVO. Okay, here we go. The kiss of death, you mean? <laughs> Wait, you're gonna bet on this match, you said? I, I I think I'm gonna do Orlando to, to to win the series. Columbus and Atlanta, both teams to score, and then I'm gonna throw another one in there. Gotta <sighs> think about it. Okay. And with All real right. Money. Let me know. Yeah. But what? Susan's gotta give me the stamp of approval. Oh, the pressure. <laughs> The pressure. Dang, Nico. This is like petting a pit bull. <laughs> All right, we Don't are going to take a break. Uh, Guillaume Balaguet is going to join us from Milan when we return. Don't go anywhere. Well, buckle up because it's going to be some night. Rupert in the UEFA Champions League. The atmosphere is suffocating. He tees it up for the Mecha! Terrific finish from Felix the Mecha. Advantage played by the ref and Mbappe looking to take advantage. Vignette's got no chance with that. Pulls it back. There's Lee! And there's goal number three. He's absolutely sealed the deal this evening at the Parc de France. Yeah, lovely goal. Welcome back. Champions League Match Day 4 kicks off today. We are halfway through the group stage and in Group F, the group of death. These are the fixtures on tap. Borussia Dortmund hosting Newcastle at 12.45 p.m. Eastern. AC Milan taking on PSG at 3 p.m. You can watch all of these matches on Paramount+. Plus. Our coverage kicks off at 2 p.m. And right now... We are delighted to bring in our good friend Guillaume Balaguet, who joins us from Milan ahead of their match against PSG. Guillaume, um, we apologize for interrupting your lunch. <laughs> what are, what's on the menu today? Right. That's all right. I'm just putting some parmesan uh, <laughs> onto my uh, spaghetti. Oh, oh, my oh. Are you I hope kidding? it tastes good cold. Obviously, it has to go with some water. Ah. Oh. <laughs> well done. The special Italian water. Yeah. yeah. You are my hero. Well, not now, because we've got to work first. Oh, gosh. I am. That, that is my kind of working environment. That's <laughs> yeah. the setup that I'm after. Good for you, Guillaume. Going into the game feeling smooth. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We are going to make you work a little bit. Um, let's chat a little bit about this AC Milan PSG match. We were chatting earlier on the show about AC Milan's struggle. They have not scored yet in Champions League group stage. Guillaume, what do you make? of this what's been your reaction to their struggles well this is what i am of course i'm in milan and uh, i'll be later on covering the uh, the game for for you but uh, if the reference is really the game against psg in paris what you've got is a team that is simply not good enough that's what uh, i first uh, felt for or 20, 25 minutes, they made life very, very difficult to PSG. They pressured really well. They were aggressive. They didn't they didn't allow PSG to come out with um, comfortably from the back. Uh, but um, basically after 25 minutes, uh, a couple of actions from Mbappé and the game was away from them. And that was it. Uh, as you say, uh, the last four games has been three defeats. The hurtful one, was not so much the ones against PSG, uh, that was kind of expected maybe, or Juventus, but the Udinese won at the weekend in which they were absolutely poor. And Stefano Pioli, the manager of Milan, was talking a lot about that in the press conference yesterday, suggesting that there were a lot of things that were wrong. When there are a lot of things that are, that are wrong and you're about to meet a PSG that have won the last five games, it's not good news, but of course they need to get 
points. They are at the bottom of the table. An interesting day today because three out of the four teams in that group could be top of the table at the end of the day. One of them won't be Milan, but they need seven, nine points for sure to actually qualify to the next round. So they better win today. Guillaume, my question is about PSG and Luis Enrique. It feels like every time we're here talking about PSG, I ask you about Luis Enrique because I know your proximity to him. The project has finally picked up steam. In those five games that they've won, they scored at least three goals in each of those. How close are we to seeing an ideal PSG under Luis Enrique? Do you know, in a way, uh, everything started a little bit with that defeat against Newcastle. We all criticize Luis Enrique for using a 4-2-4 formation that didn't make sense. No midfield against uh, Newcastle that was aggressive and had a lot of players in the middle. But he stuck to his ideas. Not surprise, as, as, as you know, he's a stubborn man. And now this kind of formation, 4-2-4 in attack, 4-4-2 on the defense, but let's keep with uh, with the beat when they have the ball it has worked and he's managed to have Dembélé in the team in the team and Colomoni and of course uh, Mbappé uh, Bitinha the creative players are there and all of a sudden they all doing a shift without the ball they all working hard and are well structured the training is working and as you say not only they they winning they actually destroying teams so it is a team full of confidence right now, and Luis Enrique is, without any doubt now, the clear leader of that project. Uh, Guillaume, well, Z- with Mbappé, of course. Of course. Um, Zaire Emery also seems to be coming along really well. Talk about his impact, and do you think he's going to have a big match against the Milan? Well, he already did in the first leg. He's absolutely brilliant. Uh, I remember he started to warm, uh, training with the first team under Pochettino. He was 15, but he was so good with the under-19s. And Ma- Mauricio thought, you know, I'll bring him on. And actually, he impressed. With Galtier, he played regularly. And I think he's the youngest player to ever have reached 20 competitive games with PSG. And the game against AC Milan was perhaps the one that uh, showed to the world how good he was. He was involved in the first goal, uh, but more than that, uh, he was just dominating the midfield. I remember him being played when he was 16 as a right winger. Soon, everybody's realized, including Luis Enrique, who's played him in every game but one, that he, and just because he was injured, that he's a center midfielder. Give him the ball, he will dominate. And only you only realize he's 17 when you see him in the press conference or in the mix zone after the game against AC Milan, he was, you know, looking down, yes, a little bit confident, but a kid really didn't have all the works to to explain what what he was feeling. He is going to be one of the top midfielders in the world. And by the way, he will be with the first team of uh, of France in the next collab. I mean, he's he's spectacular. Uh, Guillaume, on the other side, Milan, are we expecting Christian Pulisic to be on the pitch today? Yes, he's going to start. Uh, Pioli announced that uh, he's definitely starting. Not so much, uh, or there are more doubt about uh, Samuel Chuese, who's coming back. Loftus-Cheek also could be back, but in the case of Pulisic, he needs to score his first goal with um, with uh, AC Milan in the Champions League. Uh, he needs to make even a bigger impact. He will be uh, with Leao front, uh, with Giroud as well, so they are the ones responsible for a lot of work without the ball, we know that, but especially to create something. And to be honest, uh, as I said, he was needed uh, in the first leg. There was uh, that lack of creativity that AC Milan could not uh, could not 
come up with and uh, and made life very easy to PSG scored if you remember first uh, Mbappé and then a couple of goals more when uh, AC Milan just did not seem to be able to turn things around they're at that point at the moment where they just don't know where solutions are going to come from so hopefully Pulisic could be one well, Guillaume, we very much appreciate you taking the time to join us and interrupting your delicious lunch. Um, I've got some coffee. I'll give you a little okay. cheers. I'd rather be drinking wine <laughs> for sure. I'm not <laughs> jealous back. at all. Yeah, but not at that time. You don't want wine at that time. Uh, who says yeah, who? Speak for yourself. <laughs> 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 Listen, that's my style. Uh, Guillaume, enjoy the match. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Cheers. All right, guys, we are going to take a break. Don't go anywhere. Where's my wine? Welcome back. Here's a look at your Tuesday footy fix. We've got some Champions League action match day four. Dortmund taking on Newcastle at 12.45. Milan versus PSG at 3 p.m. And don't forget the MLS Cup playoffs continue. Atlanta United versus Columbus and Nashville taking on Orlando tonight. You can watch those matches on Apple TV+. Plus. Quickly, guys, let's get to uh, some predictions for Champions League today. PSG, Milan. How's it going to go? 3-1 PSG. 2-1 mm-hmm. PSG. Mm. 2-0 PSG and wow. the goalless drought continues. I, I placed my bet, by the way. You did? My MLS bet. Okay. And you gave me the stamp. All right. Game. I feel good. We'll see. We'll, we'll right. let you know tomorrow. Who wins MLS? Oh, All nice. of <laughs> No, no. It's the two games tonight. Oh. Philly. A- Atlanta? No, and Philly plays tomorrow. Atlanta and... Guys, Orlando. thanks for watching. Enjoy Atlanta. all oh, the right soccer here. today. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> the whole thing?